Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. No, but more importantly, and we may get to this later, um, I'm going to buy the seats. I'm going to buy seats to a game where I get my picture up there with <laughs> Michael, great. Michael, Liz, and the boys, and I'll buy five seats. I'll figure it out. And, you know, I but can But now do the big that. question is, what do I want you wearing in well, this I'm, poster? You've already <laughs> taken the pictures. No, no, but I can add something to it. I want, like, you a full coach's tracksuit. You can, yeah, you can Sweat do bands. <laughs> The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Only because I have forgotten, did I go over how much, how many games you get for the $75? Well, it's a full season. You get the whole season. Do I get postseason oh. play? You guys are hosting the tournament, right? Yeah, I assume we should host the America East. So I sent in a check for more than the required amount, and I said, do what you want with the rest of the money. It's my school. Do what you want with it. Don't worry about it. Have you sent in, have you gotten in touch with Mike Majeski? I have called Mike Majeski. He has given me the requirements for the photos. We're doing a little photo shoot today. Big weekend in our Tremendous. house. Tremendous. Uh, we already have, uh, we have one where... The bootster has glasses on, shirts off. He's just going wild. No, that's great. All right, good. So we'll go. The old ball club. Yeah, so, and I would like it behind the bench for the television, but we're not Throwing ever up on three television. Goggles. We're not on television. I You're mean, on local TV. Yeah, I guess local, maybe, hopefully. Doing cut ins. Uh, from Kevin King in Prunedale, California. So my girlfriend was on the Harvard's women's golf team. Captain for two years and won Ivy's all four years. Suck it, Michael. Then went to work <laughs> oh at the Hotchkiss School in Connecticut. There she met a co-worker named Tom. Since then, they have had betting pools for a lot of the major golf championships. Over the last two years, I've been getting in on these betting pools as she ex has exposed me to more professional golf and got me to really enjoy the sport. Anyway, Tom wins every time no matter what. Recently, she was showing me something, and there was a picture, old, uh, an old-school photo album, I guess, and there was a picture of her co-worker, Tom Peabody. I basically yelled at her, does he have a brother named Rufus? <laughs> yep. Tom is the brother of Rufus Peabody, the golf betting savant. No wonder we are always losing. I tried to explain to her what the great Jeff Ma has said about Rufus on the Mr. Tony show, but it only made her want to beat Tom more. P.S. We are currently losing to Tom in our master's betting pool yep. as I write this. Thanks for all the shows during this difficult time. Now, Rufus was all over Matsuyama. Looked great for a few rounds. He did. He did. But he did not win. He ultimately finished top 20, I think. But I don't know where it ended up. It's my way of getting into the Masters. Rufus sets the early markets. Yes. Ruf, he's the most influential golf betting person, apparently, in the whole world. We also, we also have a picture of Jeff Ma at Exeter on the water polo team. Somebody <laughs> yeah. sent us a picture of Jeff Ma. Keep sending in those yearbooks. <laughs> Wait, get, you just talk for a while while I get the picture of Jeff Ma. Well, I thought we were transitioning to the Masters. Yeah, I've, go ahead. I've got, I've got so much to say on this. Let's start. Here, okay. I just want to say this. This is the Jeff Ma picture. It comes from Ed Ryan in Denver, Colorado. Here's a shot of the Phillips Exeter Academy water polo team in the fall of 1989 from my wife's yearbook. Jeff Ma, front row, second from left. She was actually on a call with several... Uh, class members of 1990 last night, not Jeff, who had no idea that he's a frequent guest on the show. They all want to hear the episode when Tony described the meeting, meeting Jeff, the $50, etc. Is there any way to download that or could you send it to me? I believe it was February 9th, 2015. I have no idea how to do any of those things, but maybe Nigel will be able to help you. But this is from Ed Ryan in Denver, Colorado. Nigel, see if you can do that. And Michael, go with the Masters. Well, the number one story, as you pointed out last Friday or last Thursday with Barry, was was what was going on with Tiger and what was going on with DeChambeau. Those two. The first day, the column you write, if you're a columnist, the first day is one or both of them. And that and that was the story. And you quickly yep. see the winner who reaches a number that has never been reached before 20. at the Masters, 20 under par. Dustin Johnson, who might be the poster boy for modern power, but again, using a phrase that Barry used in a column about a week and a half ago, effortless, graceful power, more in the camp of Ernie Els and Fred Couples yep. versus Brooks Kepka, who looks like he's trying to hurt the ball. And you've also had DJ when approached, would you like to try one of these longer drivers? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy where I hit it. A person who went to a fade to try and take away some of his power to try and throttle back to play the golf course a fade that doesn't necessarily help you around this golf course it has always favored hard right to left shots uh, and, and this was a story of someone who has been there with the 54 lead so many times and was known through the first half of his career for not for not closing you think of pebble beach you think of whistling straights That's and right. not closing in bizarre fashion of his own doing and just 
mistakes on a golf course that never seem to happen. So as a result of that, when he bogeyed two of the first three holes yesterday, uh -oh. two of the first four, I got a number of texts from people who are involved in golf, and the general tenor of all those texts was the same, game on. In other words, Dustin Johnson was going to choke. And I wrote to every one of those people, you know, you're wrong. He's going to finish at 69 or 70. He's going to win comfortably. He's the number one player in the world for a reason. He wins tournaments. He has the longest current streak of people winning at least one tournament in every single year. He's a real, he's not exciting. He's not exciting. He has no personality. He does not help the game on any level to expand the game. But he's a great player. Look, if you watched him this week, and if you watched him a few weeks back in Boston, where he destroyed a tournament, it was like 25, 26, 30 under, whatever he was, right? Yep. Uh, unbelievable. You know, look, I, I really was confident he was going to win this. I would not have felt that way if Rory had a good day the first day and Rory was breathing on him. I would not have felt well, that Rory way. Rory got to that point, and this is where the if there were patrons there, would that have made a difference, particularly when he got off to that slow start? And Maybe. then the shots go to Cam Smith, who had a brilliant first nine, and he's a few holes ahead. He's on seven, out of the trees. He hits his big curved shot. Tremendous slope, shot. And he falls to his knees, and you start to say, is that going to be That's right. the sort of look as to how this takes shape over no. the second nine? And Rory's in that spot where he has a blistering front nine as well. He's about three or four groups ahead, and you start to say, if he there are... Ten. But, so that's where you make the move. 10 and 11 yep. are, are the hardest holes on the course. And if you'd him. gotten through those with one birdie, you start to say game on because of the eagles that are in play. But if I can go back to the distance for, for just a second, you have two par fives in the back nine. 13 is a par four and a half. 15 is a good risk reward par five. We saw what happened in the final round of 2019. He lays up on both of them. This is someone who's always been known for his distance and power. He lays up. He birdies them. And remember, we had Sands on about three or four years ago and talks about the transformation in his wedge game, how he was using TrackMan to get the numbers to dial in those wedges. The biggest thing that happened to, to, to DeChambeau, along with the big misses, was he was putting so much spin on the ball with these. My, my favorite phrase is mud ball with golf. You know, you don't wear mud ball. Thanks, Tyre. Thanks, Tyre. Uh, but he was putting so much spin. And, and to me, it's impossible to, to ignore the fact that you have, you have Dustin who just came in with a different game plan, and it actually worked. He finished it. What did you think of DeChambeau all, all told? I mean, now, now he is not the scary, spooky figure to golf that he might have been had he won. Oh, I think he still is. You, you do Any think other player would have missed the cut, would have missed the cut by a large number. He had a double in the first round from the bushes. Right. He had a triple with a lost ball, which I still do not believe happens on a lost? golf on a 340 yard par four you're off the mark by 15 yards even in the disbelief in his question which is if i can't find is it really a lost ball you can't lose that ball I, I think every other player misses the misses the cut he'll he has five months to think about it the craziest thing was what happened with his health where he's where he's getting dizzy spells what is that about who was the Nigel, maybe you remember this who was the quarterback that said i was seeing ghosts out there Oh. And every everybody was oh. very very critical. Was it Darnold? It wasn't it Darnold. Was Sam was it Darnold Baker Mayfield? As a Jets was fan. it what? Okay, right. So thank you for that because you're a Jets fan. And and Sam Darnold's done. He's done. Uh, he's not going to be the quarterback of the Jets next. He's done. He said I saw ghosts. Wilbon called me yesterday. We'll talk to Wilbon later. Wilbon called me yesterday and just said, "Your boy. What is he talking about? He's getting dizzy. What is he talking about? I mean, you can't." Get dizzy, right? That well, it would make more sense if something else was going on. If he said, I've, I've had sinus issues for the last protein, two months. Too many yeah. protein so shakes. It, when, you, when you've changed your body that drastically and your first response is, we're going to get some blood work done and try and figure this out in the offseason. You go, you're shutting it down? What, what happened? Yeah. So let, let me just say one other thing. I know we've done a lot on the Masters, and, and it wasn't the most. The most exciting thing in the weekend was Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins to win insane. that game, a game that can't be won. Literally running out of time. Buffalo has scored with only 35 seconds to go on a great pass, and they're going to win the game. They end up not winning the game. But I don't know how this happened. I don't know. Is it Fred Ridley is the chairman of Augusta, who is himself a wonderful golfer and was an amateur champion golfer? I don't know how he did this. I don't know how he arranged it with CBS. And how CBS arranged it with Fox. But Fox had all the early games yesterday. 
And CBS had all the late games to accommodate the Masters. If you were a sports fan and you could watch the Masters and in the early window for a couple of hours in the early window, go back and forth to the red zone if you chose to do that and then get a whole bunch of games in the late window, all CBS games. Uh, I, the spirit of cooperation that existed there among the networks two networks anyway, and between golf and football was remarkable to me. I mean, the Masters accommodated itself in every way to the sports television audience, don't yeah, you, you think? you want us to go early, we'll go early. You yes. Split tees, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do whatever you want to do. And it ended up being beautiful, just absolutely beautiful. And it's the next important tournament. The next big tournament is the Masters right. in April, right? Right, and now you want to see that more than ever to see, will it, will it play firm and fast again? What's going yes. to happen with these storylines? Yes, so I, I mean, I, it just that was a very... Though it, another major where thing. you're looking at it over the last couple of years, you go, there are a lot of people on that golf course for a fans-free tournament. Well, they were all members and all had masks. Yo, yes. Everybody had a mask but in the state of Georgia, no, which you don't consider to be a mask state. Everybody has something you always see, which is when you visit there. If you get a, if you get a beer or you get a soda, lemonade, whatever, you get the cup. You get the cup yes. of the year. And by the end, you're seeing people ru not running, walking briskly to get a with cup a, with a stack of like 15 in each hand. Yeah. And you started to see that yesterday. On a local note, and this is purely a local note because we will. There's no chance. I don't think we get to this on PTI. Alex Smith was great. He yeah. threw the most amount of passes in his career, completed the most amount of passes in his career, went well over 300 yards, and at least should have been in overtime. At least should have had a chance in overtime to win the game, except, you know, they lose on a 59-yard field goal. I mean, that's... But to be fair, the, the, the defensive penalties, Detroit... Chase Young. Chase Young made a terrible penalty. A roughing the passer penalty on Matthew Stafford. A terrible, terrible penalty. I wonder if that will affect him in his Mercedes-Benz commercial in any way. I doubt it will. So we will take a break. Um, and is it Wilbon first or Sands first? It's Wilbon first. All right. So Michael Wilbon will join us when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening, You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the policy genius ad. Shopping for life insurance can seem like a daunting task. I love the word daunting. But if you've got loved ones... It says loved ones that depend on you. It should be who? Loved ones who depend on you. It's also really important. Policy Genius makes it easy. They combined a cutting edge insurance marketplace with help from licensed experts to save you time and money. So if you want life insurance, and you should, everybody should have it, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Policy Genius will compare the policies starting at as little as a dollar a day. You might even be eligible to skip the in-person medical exam. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape. And the best part is they work for you. They don't work for the insurance company. If you hit any speed bumps during the application process, they will take care of everything. And it is that kind of service that has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across over 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. So if you need life insurance, head to policygenius.com right now to get started. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. Policy genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. We have two songs sent to us today by George Shepard, who writes, Tony, how have you been doing during all this craziness? I have a couple of more songs to submit. Thanks. All acoustic, all just me. This is for Michael Wilbon. It's called Spirit Quest Guy. It's inspired by a statue of a shaman or a shaman, however that's pronounced, outside the Worrell Gallery in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I've been to Santa Fe, but I don't know about the Worrell Gallery. Anyway, it's beautiful music by George Shepard, and he's playing both people in, Wilbon and Sands today. And Wilbon joins us. He's in his car in Arizona. Let's just start with the Masters. Your, your impressions of the Masters in November and, and Dustin Johnson dominating you're dominating throughout four days yeah Tony it was it was terrific it was terrific just to have the masters you know and having not had it of course in, in April when we we're so accustomed to it an event I look forward to yeah. um, nearly as much as anything on the calendar but you know there was no drama in the final round whatsoever just none 
and it's nobody's fault. I mean, it was an unbelievable performance by Dustin Johnson. And, but, you know, you'd like a little drama in terms of the, the way it looked. I mean, I got used to that when they were doing the, the, the shots from Augusta National uh, a few days ago. I, was, I think I said to you, I said, Tone, this is not New England. Right. It's not right. fall in New England. It's not going to look like that. And it didn't. But, you know, I'm just glad to have had it. I just wish there had been some sort of drama in the final round and there was not. So you didn't think when Dustin Johnson bogeyed two and three, I think it was, or something like that. What's wrong with your car? You didn't you didn't think Dustin Johnson was gonna go down the drain, right? You did or you didn't? No, 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 I did not. I did not. He he, he just seemed too calm and nobody else people played well, Tony, obviously, but people, nobody played so well that That's he right. was threatened. I mean I think I, I think I said to you at one point he, you know, okay, I'll keep watching because maybe there'll be a hiccup. You know, he'll put one in the water, perhaps. Like we've seen, that's right. Really that's great right. players. You know, obviously Jordan Spieth did that, but no, it, uh, it there was just I was like, wow, there's gonna be no drama on Sunday. There wasn't much on Saturday. He was just great, and so I, I get it. That that can be your drama. You know, when somebody's just having a wire-to-wire -wire fabulous tournament, he didn't kill it early. I mean, there was drama. It was some, I guess, on, on – I didn't watch as much on Thursday and Friday as I did on Saturday and Sunday. But um, I, I was hoping for a little bit of drama. Didn't get that, but I, that's not a complaint, just a, a state of the, of, of the event as it was. This is a small sidebar for people. Um, Mike and I talked about this at great length yesterday. It's not something – if you were laying out an entire page about the Masters, this might be on the bottom left, an interesting human interest story. It would not get any higher than that. But it is about Tiger Woods getting a 10 on number 12, a 10, dumping a couple in the water, having trouble in the sand and all of that. And then birdieing five of his last six holes, a run that nobody had in this Masters. Nobody had that run. And you and I talked about it. Go ahead, to give us your thoughts yeah. on that. Tony, we, we, we've seen Tiger do everything. We've seen him win everything, literally everything. And we've seen him win everything more than once. And so, no, this is not like winning, but it is so hard. We, we, we've seen people when the wheels come off and you almost have to carry them out there comatose when you have something like this, which is humbling and humiliating and it is beyond sort of recognition of even great, 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 great players in any sport, whatever it is. For Tiger Woods to finish the way he did, as disappointed as he had to be, as angry as he had to be, to collect himself and play that way, that, that's the number two story to me. I, 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 that's the number two story. Who else, how many people out there could have done that? And so uh, we've seen Tiger do everything imaginable. That yesterday, we've never seen that. For, for him to just disintegrate in a way that we're unaccustomed to seeing, and then for him to rally himself at that venue like that without fans to help, it speaks to a, a composure and a calm and a willfulness that does characterize everything he has done competitively in his storied career. But I was in awe of that. I was in so awe I, of that. Yeah. I, I, we know, had this conversation. As well. Yeah, well, you said, what do you make of that? And I said to you, this is the obligation of true greatness. This yeah. is what yeah. LeBron James has to do and what Michael Jordan has. This is true greatness does this because it, it, true greatness is its own energy and says, I'm not going out on a 10. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's, the, you know, you're not going to carry me out of here this way. Don't you think? That's what That's I right. felt. And I think yeah, Tiger, Tony. Nicholas, you know, they're just great, great, yeah, great players. Yes. I, I, yeah, man. I, I just found it amazing and outside of just my own ability to, to almost understand it in, in, the, in the real time. He was like, what? Like, how, what's he doing here? How's he doing this? How's he bringing the score down and getting himself back together? And then I watched him, uh, you know, in the interview after with, with Amanda. Talking and about I, the wind. Just, the yeah. wind. 
on and on about the wind. The wind. Tiger, Tiger and the wind. He Committed just, to the wrong one. Yeah. The wind but makes that's what, crazier than anything, it seems. But, yeah. you know, competitively. But wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. All right. Let me get to the big story of the weekend, though, because it's not the Masters. It's not even the Hail Mary. It's not that. It's Northwestern winning. Again, I watch more Northwestern football than anybody who has never been to Northwestern in the world. I just watch all the time now. They yeah, beat Purdue solidly. Your thoughts right now, right now, because I know what you're hoping happens this Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday, there's, a, there's two games this Saturday in the Big Ten that will determine probably uh, who the two teams to oppose each other in the Big Ten championship game in a few weeks will be in a month. And those, those two games are Northwestern hosting Wisconsin, mm-hmm. um, which will very likely determine the, the winner in the West. Not certainly, but good, probably. And you've thought Northwestern and, was over, you've thought Wisconsin's overrated all year. Yeah, you've said that yeah. consistently. I thought Wisconsin, okay. I came in the season thinking Wisconsin was overrated. Okay. And then Ohio State will host Indiana. Indiana, ranked number nine in America. Are you kidding me? Indiana, which has already beaten Penn State. So, yes, I'm hoping that Indiana wins, and I'm hoping we win, and that we have a shot in the the Big Ten championship game against Indiana as opposed to Ohio State, who we did play two years ago. We played fairly competitively for like three quarters plus, and they pulled away a little bit in the end of that game. But I, you know, I can't see Indiana beating Ohio no. State in Columbus. I just don't of course see that not. In the cards. No. And look, Tony, look, we not only has Northwestern held its own against Wisconsin, we've we've won in Madison recently, and so and, and even a, even a game that we we lost in Madison last we weren't good last year. We would we were one in one and in the Big Ten. I guess one and eight in the Big Ten last year. So with a, with a win only over Illinois. So we were, we were having a rebound season. So I, we're, I told you at the beginning of the season, I said, Tony, I don't know if this is going to result in wins right away, but we got kids who are going to play on Sunday. I know I said to you, I said that to you. That's you right. find it on this show. Oh, no, no, you did. You we did. We have kids who are going to play on Sunday, and we're going to be good. And I didn't expect it right now. But, but, you know, the three wins we have, I guess four, the four wins we have, I'm going to take those to win at Iowa and at Purdue. You know, at Iowa before we knew they were maybe weren't going to be as strong as they usually are, and a win at Purdue when they hadn't lost, I'll, I'll take those. And we look pretty damn good. You know, all the prognostications talk about bowl games, and they had us in the Pinstripe Bowl, and this person's got us in the Weed Eater Bowl, and the New Jack City Bowl, whatever they got. All of a sudden, I see the projections having us in on New Year's Day. Yeah. And so, you know, let's see what happens. But, you know, I mean, you know. I mean, Wisconsin this week, man, in Evanston, I am, I'm like nuts. You know, I was nuts on Saturday because I thought if we could just win this game and get to Wisconsin, let's see. But, but then, Tony, to watch, to watch Wisconsin throw your boy Harbaugh around like a rag doll, like a, just a wow. That was – I mean, they put up 50 essentially in the big house. He's done. He is done there. They're not going to fire him. In the middle of the season, they're not going to do that. But they're not going to do like what they did to Michigan. Will Muschamp in South Carolina. They just fired him yesterday. No. I know wow. that was that was that wow. wow. That was a wow. No, yeah. the University of Michigan is not going to do that. To a, no, to and, and they and they shouldn't. No, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Um, they so should let not. us get to let's get to, to the NBA. Not the NBA. It, it, yeah, sure. I mean, yes. Yeah. Let's get to the NFL. There were a lot of really exciting games yesterday. Uh, none more exciting. Uh, and um, maybe you got a chance. I saw this live on Red Zone. I, maybe you did too. The Arizona. There's no way Arizona can win that game. It's not possible. Buffalo has scored with 34 seconds to go on a great corner route to Stephon Diggs. And Josh Allen has, in, the, in that drive, looked great. Just looked great. And in that drive, reinserts himself in the MVP conversation as Russell Wilson falls out, as Lamar Jackson falls out, as it, you know Aaron Rodgers ascends, and all of that. And then Kyler Murray, and two plays in a row, uses up far too much time, far too much time scrambling around, so that when with 11 seconds to go, 
He's scrambling around, and then now it becomes the final play because there's not going to be time to have any other play. This is the final play. And he throws it up in the air. There are three people in white jersey surrounding one person in a red jersey, and the one person in a red jersey, DeAndre Hopkins, goes up and brings that down. That's not possible, is it? It's not. No. No, and I was watching that. Not- I was watching that that game, not just red zone. I turned oh, okay. on to that game. That's a big deal right. here, where I am right. in the desert, obviously. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I I said, I'm turning this off. I'm going to turn back to red zone. And Matthew screaming at me, Dad, Dad, they, you know we can, they can still win this game. I'm like, there's no way to win this game. There's no there's no chance. And I, I you know. I, I mean, it, it's, it is, Tony. It's just impossible. That's why you keep watching. That's why sports has a magic that nothing else has. Because you can have these situations which you have deemed impossible simply because you've watched 30,000 situations like this. And in 29,998, it, it doesn't happen. And it happens. It is just, just screaming in my house. Because we, we, we have become, look, at you know, the Bears are my team. Nothing's going to change that the rest of my life. But we're out here quite a bit in the cold when it's once it turns cold. And we, I take Matthew to a couple of Cardinals games. We go to see Larry Fitzgerald, who you know we, we are friends with, and that's why we go and we root for the Cardinals. And it's become more than that. And Kyler Murray, for somebody Matthew's age, who's twelve, Kyler Murray is magic to him. Sure, magic. should be loves Kyler. Should Murray. be, yeah. And so we 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 sort of fanatically now watch Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. And to come up with that win, man, it's just – and they went from – they would have been two disappointing losses back-to-back weeks. Tony, the Cardinals lost last week because Kyler Murray didn't run. Because he had what I call Donovan McNabb I know. moment. Yeah, but I thought he got Donovan planted. Say, no, I'm not just a runner here. I'm going to stay in the pocket and make this thing work. Yeah, you and, and you I know, talked we, about that because I thought there was a third down play where he got planted, and I thought maybe yeah, he got hurt then, a little and bit. Then, and yeah. then on successive fourth and ones, didn't he, go. He, he didn't run it, and then he, they kicked it on a four field goal attempt, which they lost the game. So, so wow, this was a. So they went from that, which would have been two crushing losses consecutively, to first place in that division. Which yeah, on is points, the best they got tiebreakers. So let yeah. me just suggest this to you. That now, as a result of, seriously, of that play, just that play alone, if you didn't have anything else, Bill O'Brien has become the stupidest man in the history of the NFL, right? Yeah. Yeah. For trading this guy. Yes. Were you nuts? Yeah, how do you? Were you nuts? He traded, he traded a guy who right now, I think that he is second in the league in receptions. So it's not he's second in the league in receptions while playing opposite a guy who's going to the Hall of Fame on Hall the first Fame. ballot. That's right. He's so so yes, I mean DeAndre Hopkins amazing and um What are you, you doing? Know, I don't know the how about how about the Cardinals having a Thursday night game against Seattle now? Now the blooms the off Cardinals, the rose on Seattle. They can't defend. They can't defend. They can't defend, Tony. They can't defend. And I think what happens then is that Russell Wilson has to do too much. He's trying to do too much. And I understand it. You know, he's got to, he, he, he's playing as if he has to score every time because he knows he needs to, because his team can't stop anybody. So I'm really excited about Thursday night. Now we have a Thursday night game that not only isn't the usual dog, but is really could be the best game of the week. Yeah, it, it could so be. It could be. A, I mean, we all expect that to be a 45-41 game, and if it's a 7-6 game, we're all going to be disappointed. Yeah, because that, that, should, that should be a lot. The other thing about Kyler Murray, and I'll, I'll get out of this, if you wonder about Ky- Kyler Murray's a baseball player. Russell Wilson, also a baseball player. Patrick Mahomes comes from a baseball family. They can throw it. They can throw yeah. it. A long, yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah. that Kyler Murray's 5'5". Five, five. He can throw it. How about, how about going the wrong way, yeah. having to stop and start to avoid a sack on the final play and end your chances? You're going out of bounds to your left as a right-handed player, and you throw it without jumping. And even if he did jump, who cares? 50! He yeah, threw it 50. I, I just, 
I don't want to well, hear well, about well, Deshaun well, Watson and Pat and um, Lamar Jackson all the time and ignoring the fact that this kid's arm is a cannon. He can yeah. throw it. He can throw yeah, You know what I mean? And, and you want to say, baseball player, of course he can throw it. He knows what he's doing. You know, just, yeah, but that yeah, angers it, me. It, that, yeah. That, that, it angers me. Get, People need to Tony, know that. Well, Tony, I think now, I think in this second season, he's having some moments that will elevate him. Look, if your team is good, you're going to be elevated. You are. You, he elevates your team, and you're going to have that. So he's got that chance right now. And look, he's got the personnel on offense. Yeah, he does. spectacular moments. And now no, he's on he prime does. time again. He's coming yeah. up. To, look, all people are going to talk about is that play going right into Thursday night in Seattle. 100%. 100%. All right, I'll see yeah. you later. See you later. Thanks right, for so. being in the car. Wilbon's in the car so he doesn't wake anybody in Arizona. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Steve Sands will join us when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Simply Safe ad. I'm going to read this one. There's almost always a rise in break-ins during the holidays. It's why Simply Safe Home Security is having a huge holiday sale. 30% off any Simply Safe system and a free security camera. Recently, U.S. News and World Report called it the best home security of 2020. So whether you're traveling or staying put for the holidays, check out the 30% off plus free security camera before it ends this week. That deal is going to end. You want to get it. It won CNET's Editor's Choice for Home Security, was named Best of 2020 by Forbes and Popular Mechanics. The system has an arsenal of sensors and cameras that protect every inch in your home. You can set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's super easy. Michael and Nigel have done this. They know how to do it. You can call them. They'll come to your house. Call Nigel. Then Simply Safe Security Specialists take over, monitoring your home around the clock and ready to send emergency help the moment there's an alarm. Get 30% off Simply Safe, S I M P L I, people. Get 30% off Simply Safe plus a free security camera today by visiting simplysafe.com slash Tony. Hurry, the deal expires Friday. I think that's probably true. If we find out it's not true, we'll, we'll condemn them for it, but they say it expires Friday. That's simplysafe.com slash Tony. One more time, simplysafe.com slash Tony. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. One more time, George Shepard playing acoustic guitar. This is called Last Ovation Standing, and he writes, Ovation guitars just make me want to play this way. Last Ovation Standing. You can listen to George Shepard's music in its entirety without me interrupting it at the end of the podcast. Michael, if people like George Shepard want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. And this guitar work sounds like a lot of the boy bands from the early 2000s, late 90s. A lot of Spanish guitar. You like that? Oh, yeah. No, that's good to know. Steve Sands joins us now. And before we get into anything else... Steve Sands on this show last week said, I'm picking DJ. He had made this impassioned speech for Rory and then said, I'm picking DJ. You had him from the start. Um, how do you feel about that? Oh, well, I think uh, even a blind dog finds a bone every once in a while. It's, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, before we talk about the Masters and Dustin Johnson, yeah, all-time greatest Tony show shout-out. I've ever had in all the years we've been doing this together. What? I was in Augusta last week, obviously for the Masters. Was out doing something, picking up some food, and then coming back. I'm not kidding you. I'm walking to my car. Guy turns around, looks at me, says my name, and says, Vicky! <laughs> I almost fell over. I almost That's dropped great. the food. It was absolutely spectacular. All right, so Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Look, it wasn't like it was an off the board pick, Tony. It was. I knew you were right. going to give me some love for that. But he's the number one player in the world. Now it's hard to pick a winner at a golf tournament. I, I understand that, but he's playing the best golf of his life. He is so dominant right now. All facets of his game are working. He's driving the ball well. His irons are great. His pitching and chipping are tremendous. And his putter is just sizzling hot right now. And he has all the confidence in the world. I couldn't be happier for him. It was a massive, massive day for him yesterday. He had to win, Tony, and it was a big spot. Did you think when he bogeyed a couple of holes early, did you think, uh-oh, he's going to get caught and he's going to have to win on his own without a cushion? So 
after he made the birdie at three, I thought, okay, he's going to settle himself down a little bit. He didn't birdie the par five second. That's worrisome. Dustin needs to take advantage of the par fives. He didn't do that early. And then when he hit that shot at six, after the bogey at five, I thought if he could just hit one good shot, he'll settle down. You could tell he was nervous. You could tell that the adrenaline was there and he just wasn't comfortable. And then he hit that shot at six, the par three, and he made the putt. And it was just so huge. Not only to hit that iron shot off the tee at the par three, but to convert it with making the putt. I think once that happened, I think he settled into his normal game uh, and it was over from there. But I I was a little concerned that he wasn't comfortable enough to get through that first nine. He hadn't made a bogey on the first nine the first three rounds, which is remarkable. And he made two yesterday, and he still was under par for the first nine. So after six, uh, I thought he settled in nicely, Tony. To tell people what a complete loser I am, I watched you with his coach at 9.30 in the morning on the Golf Channel yesterday. I watched that. Can you explain? Yeah, it's Butch Harmon. It's not Butch Harmon. Is it Butch Harmon? Yeah, it's like there's a thousand Harmons. They're all the same person. Um, (laughs) He's the third in line or something like that. He was very, very confident in Dustin Johnson. Very confident, I felt. He was, but he also also, could have used a Xanax. He was very jacked up. And it was a a very big day in the camp yesterday for Dustin Johnson. Not money-wise, not stature-wise, because he needed to win. You know, if you go back to 2010, Tony, when he should have won at Whistling Straits in the PGA Championship. That's 10 years ago when he when he grounded his club and what he thought was a bunker yep. and it wasn't, yep. that kind of thing. And it's been a, a rough ride for him in major championships. Yesterday was the fifth time that he's held a 54-hole lead, meaning with 18 holes to play, he was the leader. And he was 0 for 4 the previous four, and yesterday mm-hmm. obviously he converted. So when we talked to Claude yesterday morning, when he came in to sit down after Dustin's warm-up, which was very nice of, of Claude to come in and do that, I thought he explained everything very, very well. He's very good on TV. He's very communicative, uh, very, very bright guy. And he was very confident because of what Dustin was telling him on the range. And what he was telling him was, I feel good. And not that he's never said that to him before, but when a player says that outwardly in a private moment with his swing coach, that clearly means good things you know like greg norman famously in 96 when he was warming up on the range when he had a six shot lead over nick faldo he was hitting the ball all over the place he was so nervous his hands were trembling and it was a a very tough spot uh, for him yesterday dustin wasn't like that dustin was very calm and and it showed He, he got through the early stages of that round and claude was right if he can just settle in he'll be fine and he and he thankfully he, he settled in uh, in the middle portion of that first time um you probably know this i was interested in this last night because it occurred to me that if you are an american the two tournaments you want to win most are the masters and the u.s open there yeah. are only three active members of the tour only three who have won both those tournaments there's jordan spieth there's dustin johnson and tiger woods Yep. Only three guys. That's a to me. That's a big deal. Or am I overstating that? No, no, it's a very big deal. Again, yesterday, the reason yesterday was so big for Dustin is because Dustin's been doing this now. Like I said, for ten years, he's been in the mix at majors every single year. It seems like, and right. he only has that one. And I don't mean only because you know you have to be great uh, to get yourself in that position. But when you only in quotes have that 2016 U.S. Open win at Oakmont, and you have put yourself in the mix so many times and haven't been able to finish. Yesterday, as the leader, as the number one player, as the guy who was the favorite, as the guy everyone was looking at, he had to win yesterday. And and there's no debate. Yes, I agree. You are not... But but just go back to what Kepka said about him after the third round going into, you know, Sunday at Harding Park, which is, yeah, it's a lot harder to win your second. Yes, so, yeah, yes, l- it, let me bring it this up. The validation, Tony, is what it is. I mean, winning the U.S. Open and the Masters, Tony, getting that second one is a validation that the first one wasn't a fluke. Right. So let, let, me, let me bring this up because there are anybody would make a short list of American players. 
and there would be Justin Thomas and Patrick Reed and Brooks Kepka. They would be guys you would think of right away. And although Rory is not an American player, he's over here a lot, and he seems like an American player. And these guys faltered. These guys didn't put the pressure on him, on Dustin Johnson. Going into Sunday's round, the people closest to Dustin Johnson were all young men born and raised in foreign countries, which I found, I don't know, I found it interesting. I don't know if it's significant, but what would you make of the usual cast of characters not putting pressure on Dustin Johnson? Well, I I think that's interesting that you bring that up because before that Claude Harmon, uh, interview, which ended pretty much our live from the Masters coverage on Golf Channel. We, we did yeah. a show all the way from 7 a.m. to 10, and for the better part of two hours, we talked a lot about how will Dustin be in the final group with two guys who have never been there before, and Abraham Answer, who was, uh, plays underneath the Mexican and flag, and Sun J.M., who was playing in his first ever Masters first ever time in the final group of a major. That's not easy, because if those two guys go sideways, Tony, then, you know, when you're the third guy in the group and you're trying to win it, that's not easy when the other two guys are not playing great. As for the other guy, and he handled that very well, obviously, um, the other guys who didn't put pressure on him, I was a little surprised that, you know, some of these guys, I thought Patrick Reed would play better uh, this past week. Uh, he was playing very well coming in. He loves the golf course, has won it. He won it in 2018. Uh, Kepka seems like a roller coaster right now. He's kind of up and down. Um, Justin Thomas, I thought would put some more pressure on him. I thought Rory would put some more pressure on him. I mean, Rory opened with a 75. He was the best of anybody in the final 54 holes. But while everybody's in the mid sixties and high sixties on Thursday and early Friday morning in the first round, he shot a three over par 75, took himself out of the tournament. So the biggest surprise to me, Tony was Justin Thomas, not playing great over the weekend when he was right there after the first day. Rory was too far behind. Justin Thomas was not. And Justin just, he just got run over by Dustin Johnson. And, you know, the right guy won. You know, there's a lot of times in sports, it doesn't happen that way. Yesterday, the correct guy won. He played the best of anybody over the 72 holes. No doubt. So, so let me, I don't want to ignore this fact. Much of the talk beginning you know, at the beginning of the week and into certainly the first and second day was Bryson DeChambeau. And would he overpower Augusta? And would it be the par 67 that he said it would be? And that did not happen. What are your thoughts about Bryson DeChambeau vis-a-vis golf and and how he did in the Masters? Well, when we chatted last Wednesday, uh, I'm going to double down on the same thing. I did not think he was going to play that great. Uh, I don't think you can do what he was trying to do at that golf course. And I I just don't like... That, that line of thinking that you can turn Augusta into a par 67. I also, I know you think I'm crazy, Tony, but I, I, I believe in karma. I, I just don't think you should say that out loud. I don't think Kepka should have said what he said to Michael's point out loud uh, after the third round at TPC Harding Park. That, that's not how at the PGA Championship, that's not how sports works. You know, you, you've got to have some, some grace uh, in sports and, and some humble pie eaten. And, and certainly Bryson was out there getting a lot of attention last week before the Masters. I didn't love his chances last week, uh, and that's not in retrospect. I said that on Wednesday. I just didn't love the way he was going about his business. He didn't pick a driver until Thursday morning, for goodness sake. So you've got to come in there. Jack used to say all the time, you've got to come into the Masters with your game. You don't find your game at Augusta. You bring your game to Augusta. And the attention he receives is fine. I think it's okay for golf. Um, I, I don't mind Bryson at all. He's a nice kid. Um, obviously, he's a great player. He won the U.S. Open by six. Um, but when he was going into the Masters, not choosing which driver and, and tinkering on the range all those times, and his body doesn't feel right. He's feeling dizzy. He's eating protein all day and 11,000 calories and, and protein shakes and calling it a par 67. What? I mean, come on, man. It's Augusta National. It's the Masters. I, I wouldn't mess with the golf gods that way. Okay, I got one other question. It's pretty technical, I guess. Well, it's not technical. Sure. It's just an observation, and it was particularly true on 15. When you don't have fans... And you hit yeah. it long. The fans don't stop it, and it rolls maybe into the water. Did you sense that the lack of fans 
had an effect on on the scoring because you know because the ball keeps going. There's nobody to right. stop it. Yeah, it's. I mean, there were a couple times last year, if you remember, uh, when Tiger would hit it sideways and the ball got stopped by the patrons there, and it helped yeah. him out a lot. Didn't happen this past four days, obviously, because there were no patrons there. I don't know if it affected the scoring as much. I think the, the golf course itself, because it took so much rain, the golf course was soft. There was very, very little wind over the course of the four days. And as I've told you before, players could care less about rain. What they care about at the highest level in golf is wind. And when there's no wind and the golf course is soft, that combination, Tony, uh, the players, you can't be stopped. I mean, look, if you were a runner-up yesterday at 15 under par, you would have won 78 of the Masters played. Yeah. Only yeah. 84 of them. So it's a very, very uh, tricky thing when you say that did the scoring go low because there wasn't the pressure of having the patrons there? I think there would have been more pressure on Dustin Johnson yesterday if the patrons were there, but I don't think the scores would have changed. I think the golf course is why the scoring was so low. It just was a soft week because of all the rain. There was nothing Augusta could do about it. Heck, they changed the whole location on 16 yesterday for the yeah. first time in, my, in, in our lifetime. I don't think the patrons had anything to do with that. I do think they had something to do with the lack of pressure, if that makes any sense. But, you know, what? when you're playing for a green jacket, Tony, there's no asterisk here with Dustin Johnson and this win. This is a this is a absolute dominating performance by the number one player in the world. Patrons or no patrons, soft golf course or not, everybody put the peg in the ground come Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, and they all had a chance to win. And he was the best of the bunch by far. Yeah, he won it. All right, thank you, Steve. Give our best to Vicky. <laughs> well, thanks. Talk to you guys later. Steve Sands, boys and girls, we will take a break. We will come back with email and jingles. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. How great is Kirsten Onstead? How great is she? That's a song called Blue that was made famous by Patsy Cline and a lot of country singers like Leon Rimes have done it afterwards. She writes, I was so sorry to hear about the devastating demise of your right shoe. I think the attached jingle would be an appropriate addition to your cold rainy night Johnny Walker Blue playlist right after Into the Mystic. R.I.P. Shoe. Thank you, Kirsten. Still Thank wearing you. the shoes. No, actually I'm not. Actually I'm not. And I'll get to it. I'll show you later. Um, Bethesda Bagel ad, Nigel. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you, Mr. Tony. We love Bethesda Bagels. You will as well. Uh, just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location nearest you in the Washington, D.C. area. Then stop on in, get some great chow, and you will be thrilled just as we are. All right. I guess that's about it for the show today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say today everything's different. There's no action. I have to wait around like everyone else. Can't get decent food. Right after I got here, I ordered spaghetti with marinara sauce. I got egg noodles with ketchup. I'm an average nobody. I get to live the rest of my life like a schnook. What is that from? Oh, that's from Goodfellas. That's uh, oh, that's from Goodfellas. Yeah. Okay. Is it, so that's that's Joe Pesci. No, no, no. That's Leota speaking at, at the very. Oh, Leota. Yeah. Okay. He's in witness protection program saying. I thought yeah, I, no. in my head I had Joe Pesci saying it. Okay, that's good. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Steve Sands. Thanks to our sponsors today, Policy Genius, Simply Safe. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. Shared. Wrote a haiku from Masters like no other. None of that yelling starts at 10 in the morning. Masters for old folks. From Josh in Ponte Vedra Beach. Jim Nance mentioned the great Jimmy Dunn. 
I've had many David Aldridge moments, but this one was oddly special. The great Jimmy Dunn, when there was the rain delay hanging on out. Thursday, was hanging out with John Rahm and his caddy. And I wrote, you know, you're all over TV. And he goes, you didn't mention the caddy, Adam? I mean, he, he wanted to make sure that I'd said Adam's name as well. Wonderful. Um, Ronnie Clay writes, longtime fan. Remember listening to you on the Washington sports radio station back in the late 80s, maybe early 90s, early 90s. Anyway, I'm 58. And in my life, I've driven Chevrolet, Ford, Cadillac, Buick, Volkswagen, Mazda, Toyota, Nissan, and Honda vehicles. Recently, I purchased my first Subaru, and now I am smarter and kinder. In fact, not only do I now understand the electoral college and analytics, but I care even those who despise me as a Subaru owner, including you, Mr. Kornheiser. After all, it would be ridiculous for me to dislike you simply because you don't know any better. The next time I'm in the Washington, D.C. area, I'll give you a call. Perhaps you and Michael and Nigel would like to experience the life-affirming experience of a ride in As a soon as you get the Subaru, you grow out the beard with just a touch of gray. Yeah. Yeah, like, like what's his name? Your boy, Wade Simpson, Webb Simpson. Kevin in Milwaukee. I bought a forest green Subaru Outback just to stick it to you, old man. Eat it. <laughs> Ted Blake in Medford, Massachusetts. 2018 metallic gray Forester. Stock roof racks. Thule. Is it pronounced Thule or Thule? Yeah. T-H-U-L-E. Thule cargo box. Yakima bike rack. TK sticker. We love our kids so much. Now, do you so travel much. with the soft travel bags yeah, or so the hard great. ones? Probably soft, don't you think? <laughs> Steve from Queens, Dr. Hoffwaff, tell Michael to tell Sansi I'll take a salmon polo, size XL. I'll be by to pick it up next Thursday. Thanks. Uh, Kyle in Portland, Oregon, if you could let Sands know I'd like some logo yep. golf balls from the Masters, preferably Pinnacle, but I'll take a noodle or a Slazinger. It's that's, that's all they have. Seriously, how far, far from Augusta National do you think the nearest Pinnacle is? I'm setting the over under at five miles. I hear if you tee up a pinnacle at Augusta, they nab you on the second hole to be relocated, just like all the ominously missing squirrels at the Masters. Uh, Michael Ferrante, Weathersfield, Connecticut. I understand you have an honorary doctorate in humane letters, but when did you receive your doctorate in veterinary medicine? While listening to last week's podcast, I learned that, quote, a fox is not a rabbit. Really? Are you sure? Could I then infer that a rabbit is also not a fox? I have to admit this information blew my mind. This, my friend, is information for life. The stocking, shocking revelation begs the question, am I no longer able to dress up as the Easter fox for my nieces and nephews? They're going to be so disappointed. Thanks for ruining Easter. Pat Patton, Pat Patton in Hedgeville, West Virginia. Now that a fox has set up residence in the Little House, does this give him access to on-street parking? There are no foxes in the Little House, to my knowledge. I hope not. This is signed the International Brotherhood of Squirrels, local 20015. So Jesse has chased an abundance of rabbits and foxes in the yard, yet you blame the squirrels for the half-eaten tomatoes. She can't catch squirrels. They, they jump up. They go on wood. They go on trees. She can't do it. Brad Weiss, I believe I just heard you say that foxes are cats. I'm sure many listeners have written in to correct this misconception. In fact, foxes are steel potatoes. Ask me more about the wonders of nature, Brad Weiss, the professor. And Austin in Portland, Maine. In light of your Chessie story, Chasing a Fox, you'll find my power ranking of yard animals. I don't want my dog chasing as follows. One, raccoons, vicious and capable of holding a grudge. Two, fox, always ready to scrap, but not as nasty as a raccoon. Three, skunk, the smell can stay around for days. Four, neighborhood cat, 50-50 shot of being a new friend or enemy of the dog. And five, rabbit. Come on, man. What are we even Skunk's doing Skunk's too low on that list. John Craig, one last one. This really isn't for on air. I was just wondering what style bass shoes Tony loves so much. Is there a picture or a name I could reference? Thanks. If you're out on your bike tight, that's funny. Everyone do wear white. No! Not possible! Not possible!